all tied up. The tap back in could be a game winner on the line. How clever was that? I did say it was one of the best, the best sport I've ever seen. To him and Changer as you fall. My face currently feels like I've been run through by Tom Stewart. Rebound runs in, touched up the bones. Oh. It came up behind him like a librarian. Puts it to the top of the square. Oh, beautiful little fist in there by Dale. Crucial centimetre moments. He's going to come back. Hear the scream. Me. Definitely has a bit of the uh, the Beltro spirit, um, as I I have a bit of the Beltro spirit. <laughs> all respect to all the defenders out there. It's not an easy job, and uh, it's an unheralded job, but they do a bloody good job. So, well done. Hello, and welcome back to the back pocket. We've got a new intro. We've got new microphones and a new AFL season. And definitely, there's been no overreactions in the media this week. Whatsoever, not one. None. There's never been a overreaction in the AFL media ever. Very normal round one. No one talking about teams that, you know, <laughs> lost or unexpectedly won. Like it's a whole year changing thing. Definitely not Fremantle, who, if you remember, almost lost to Adelaide in round one last year. Mm. Um, it's fine. It's round one. It's okay. I um I yeah. It's it's very strange to me, but. We're here, we're back. It was a great week for defenders if we're looking at like base defensive stats. Um, I've just realised that I've not written down any notes for one of my votes here. Hell yeah. <laughs> Off Very the cuff. professional. Hopefully I also have that person so I have some notes. <laughs> we'll see how we go. Um, but yeah, why not? Uh, let's dive right into it because there's a lot to talk about this week and I feel like the votes are going to be the least interesting part of this episode. Yeah, well, it's the first vote episode of the season, Jack. Why don't you explain how it works? Well, okay. What people are winning. Yeah, sure. Well, there's a medal, which we have, sort of. <laughs> um, the Scarlet Zivani medal for the best defender. There's also the Champion Data Award at the end of the year for the best statistical defender, which is... Uh, just stats based so we don't vote on that but that, that one's for nerds we don't really talk about uh, that. one through five best players of the round across all games each of us give that maximum 10 votes minimum one roll away do you want to start the votes yeah I'll start the votes uh, my one vote goes to uh, the one I have no notes for which is Jake Lever Jake Lever okay yeah uh, so I've given Jake Lever one vote mainly for the fact that he played so well without Stephen May yeah I, I have Definitely got some notes down for Lever, um, which is good because he said he didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll say that with the new exciting Bulldogs tall forward line and no Stephen May and Lever just one-arms yeah. them. Um, he had 21 touches at 90%, mm-hmm. 13 intercepts. There was a total of two goals between Norton, Lobb, Darcy, Eagle, Hagen and English. Yeah. that's And not all of that's just down to Lever. The team defence really dismantled yeah, the Bulldogs, absolutely. Um, which is something that they don't have, which I will touch on later. And the Bulldogs seemed very confused about who was in what jumper. I know they both wear blue and red, but they are distinctly <laughs> different blue and reds. They kept kicking it to Lever. Um, and, you know, there's been doubts about him last year. Uh, when May was out, Melbourne struggled. Um, yep. And uh, it's been a big problem for them. Uh, but him showing up round one and so dominating like that, Best game he's played since the premiership year, I think. Yeah, um, probably. He was really good. Uh, my one vote was to the big rat. Um, hmm. The more I thought about it, the more I thought it was impressive. He basically nullified Dan McStay. I sent you a stat earlier today yeah. about how of all the new recruits, McStay had the lowest um, AFL rating. I don't think they're 100% on who's a good player, but um, that was a pretty big stat. And the one goal McStay got was for just a goofy move from Radigalia. wasn't really a free, but... If you fall for that every time, you're going to give away a free. He'll learn from that. But 
Um, his spoiling was great. His marking was exciting. I hope he just learns to spoil at the right mm. times more often. I think that's going to be his biggest weakness, but I really liked what I saw. I had I had Radaglia in the mentions, but after going over it time, time and time, it really, I struggled to give votes to someone who gave away up to three or four goals. Yeah. Uh, and that was the margin. You I got just... three votes from each coach as well, um, which surprised me. I looked through yeah. three from each. They both thought he was the second best, third best player on ground. Which, um, is, which he had some moments. In the third quarter, he had two or three efforts in a row, which were fantastic. He, he kept Geelong in it once Stuart was out of the game. Truly um, did not make up for the, the but, several goals he gave away. Yeah. Um, um, but... I, I thought, imagine telling someone in... October of 2021, Geelong oh, lost to Melbourne by a gajillion, that Isaac Smith, Asava Radicalia and Graham Myers would be Geelong's three best players in round one two years later. Someone someone just came out, ex-Geelong person in the media, and said uh, Asava Radicalia was a lock for future All-Australian as a defender. I, I can't remember who it was. Um, um, but I think he has the potential, but like a lock is... Yeah, it was, it was, it's, it's one game. Yeah. Uh, Two technically, he's done in defence in yeah. AFL level, but against North last time, yeah. which we even said last year that it was hard to give him votes because there was nothing the to North compete Tats. against. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, but anyway, yeah, that was my one vote. I, I enjoyed his game. All right, two votes from me. Uh, glad to see him back in the votes because he didn't feature a lot last year. Alia Alia is getting two, two from me. Two votes from me as well. Awesome. I love it when it lines up. Um, I've got some stats here that don't really matter. Seven marks. High efficiency at 87%. Yep. Nine intercepts, four rebound 50s, a couple of one percenters to go with yeah, it. Yeah, seven spoils. Um, I, I said that it, he was super effective despite the limited number of disposals we had. Um, our call for the most underrated back line really showed up with mm. Port this week. Mm. Um, Brisbane's forward line is strong and they kept them to bugger all score. Yep. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he goes with McKenzie out, but Clurry coming back in should, I think, cover that. It's more than well enough. It's mainly just good to see him play well, considering how down he looked last year. Yeah, uh, at the end of the year, he, he just looked like he'd been playing a one-man squad for the, yeah. the last five weeks and was frustrated. Uh, so it's nice to see him kind of break out again and have a good game and remind everyone why he's so good. Yeah. And obviously, it wasn't just the defence that held up. Their midfield they were, looked they were, miles better. They looked really good. Uh, so Juan Francis was brilliant in this first game for them. In tandem, those two things, a good defence and a rollicking midfield should do them well for the year. We'll yeah. see how they go against Collingwood. Potentially back this week as well. It was a mm. big in. So, yeah, I'm interested to see how that changes up because I think the youthful midfield was a switch-up that yeah. possibly it's wasn't expected. Who, who goes out for Boak. Yeah. Because um, you don't want to drop one of those kids who was no. the, the run and the excitement. So Not at all. Um, yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, who was your three? My three is friend of the podcast <laughs> no favorite of the podcast mason redman yep um i love the way I, mason redman i have plays. a special mention for redman yeah but it was the hawks tax it's like the ruse tax yeah i said I, i've got written down here i'm very close to giving him the it's against hawthorne tax but it's only round one yeah they redman, haven't been consistently bad yet redman the zerk and ridley all had yeah. really good games. The Zerk. Are you um, running with that this well, year? Well, was that or BZT? Um, <sighs> Just call him Zerk Thatcher, man. <laughs> um, I, I thought all three of them were really good. We talked a lot about Zerk Thatcher in the few leading mm-hmm. up to the season, about how we really wanted to see how he did this year. And I know it wasn't against much. They didn't have Bruce. They also don't have... Um, Jekka? No. Or um, the, the kid. Mitchell, Lewis. Lewis Mitchell. Lewis Mitchell was also out. So like, the forward line wasn't yeah. much. So the three tools had a lot mm-hmm. in their favour, but they still performed as well as they literally could have. Like, you can only play who you're playing against. Yep. Um, and yeah, I, I had Redmond in my votes for a little bit when I was moving them around. Um, I just like... just kind of slid out. 
Redmond plays old school. That's what I like. He about broke Redmond. out the horns again. Just so that when he kicked the oh, goal. Did he? I didn't. I didn't notice the horns. But he kicked two goals. He kicked two goals. Which for and, a defender, that's a good. And effort. genuinely played backline. Like it wasn't like he moved up forward. He just no. ran down the ground and He's kicked got, two goals. He had two possessions in the forward fifty. Yeah. Just outside the fifty meter mark, and he got two goals. Beautiful kick of the footy. Yeah. Regardless where he's on the ground, doesn't get the uh, defender wobbles up forward. Um, no. He, yeah. Oh, he's oh. a clutch player. Such I, a fan I, of Redman. I, I wish I he like played for someone else. <laughs> Fits the name though. I saw something about. It felt like they were just trying to destabilise them. I can't remember who said it. They're like, Essendon are just, you know, a ticking time bomb. Oh, that season. was uh, Carolyn Wilson. Oh, was it? Yeah, it makes sense that she'd say that. I was like, just um, let them have a win. I, I'm, I'm happy to let them have the win. I think uh, that they were running that story regardless. And if they'd yeah. lost, it would have been a, like a smoking gun. But because they won, no one cares. And we know there's a lot going on behind Maybe the Maybe in two or three weeks, people will care again. I think but... Sheeds is the biggest problem at that club. Mm-hmm. Um, the ticking time bomb is just if you get rid of Sheeds, you probably diffuse it. I think Sheedy and Dodoro have a bit too much power around yeah. there. It's amazing that one person who's just on the board, isn't the president or anything, can have so much power at a club. Um, in fact, enough power to sack the president. Yep. Uh, very strange. Uh, my three votes was to Brennan Cox. Okay. Um, I thought Frio's back line, it's, it was hard to give them votes when they lost that game. I'm being a miser. I'm not giving any free man or Yeah, I definitely couldn't week. to the others. Uh, Ryan and Young... Um, spoilers aren't getting into my top two <laughs> no despite their massive disposals I just think that Cox um, kept Frio in that game when yep. they really shouldn't have been to be honest he had of the three 14 of his 30 disposals were intercepts he had three contested marks and five rebound 50s and 13 spoils which I think is just a phenomenal effort um, despite the the disposals that um, Ryan had he got monstered by Mason Wood even though he only kicked two goals um, Freo were hugely disappointing. It's um, look, I I I think they all had great performances. Each of them had really good defensive stats. Yeah, I could find a reason to give them votes, whether it be one, two, or three. Um, but stopping those inside fifties and then just turning it back over or leading well, that, to ineffectual that was plays. The difference with Brennan Cox, he had chains that ended up inside the forward fifty more than the other two did. More and than less, inside the fifty, less chip around stuff than I think Young and Ryan contributed with each other. But they it, had 50-plus score launches from D50 and resulted in two goals. That's not that's good enough. Um, and that's all th- across all three of them because they all had, what, 46 marks God, between them? Ross Lyon must be just smarmy and annoying this week. Um, but I did enjoy, though, that said, despite my opinions of Ross Lyon, when he went in for his media conference, he forgot his lanyard. Oh, did he? And um, one of the journalists said, oh, it's all right, we know who you are, Ross. And he just muttered under his breath, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Which I thought was a good laugh. Um, yeah, Freo Little didn't listen to that tape that got leaked because they had no <laughs> idea what was going on. It was just the normal Ross Lyon game plan, but with play on. Like, that was all it was. Like, they just played on down the middle instead of kicking it around. Other than that, it was the same rush everyone towards the ball, push it to one side of the ground, play. We've I seen think for years. Uh, he said one thing in the preseason, which was, if there's one thing this list can do, it's run. Yeah, um, he implemented and that. I thought, despite his uh, not a huge amount of disposals, I still thought Sinclair was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I, Their, their backline holds together so well. We mentioned them with Port as you know one of the underperforming ones with not many stars, but played good footy. I think Callum um, Wilkie's another one this week who's not getting any votes from me, but played a really yeah, good game. Yeah, he was one for me that I had in my mentions. I, I just think that it was weird that um, there was a lot of mention about Fife and, and even um, Jackson. And I thought, well, the ball didn't get in there with any mm. kind of actual direction. Like, it was yep. so easy for St Kilda to pick it off with the way the midfielders were just blasting it in. It wasn't their fault. Like, mm-hmm. Fife had one game up forward where the 
midfielders just made it hard for him all game. You can't really make his season off of that. I think that... We saw two preseason games for five, three, three goals each, and you can say, oh, they're just preseason games, but he knows Yeah, he's craft. strong and he's fast, and he spent all season learning how to kick on goal. You can say the same thing about Rory Lobb, totally ineffectual for the Bulldogs, but it was because they kept kicking over his head. I liked that it's, um, he's off for a little bit of surgery. Not like a... Just, just a little bit. Just like he's gone popping down the shops. Just going to get some um, toothpaste, some water and some surgery. Four tours is too many. It so was. I, and it showed that it was. They they looked slow. Uh, it's so funny that we've come this far from the Bulldogs team who had Zane Cordy as a centre-half forward in a premiership year. Well, yeah. And now, now they're overly tall. Like yeah. They've got abundance and they're playing them all. Like, you can't, can't justify it. It's, yeah. Except for Jordan Sweet. Poor bugger. He's just hanging out in the VFL. Which is so weird because I know Rory Lobb's doing the second ruck role, but you feel like that would be... Maybe he comes in this week. Possibly. And then they'll still be too tall. All right, back to votes. Uh, my turn? Uh, your turn. You for four. Three? Yep. Yeah, four I'm giving to Daniel Rioli. He was... I I had him in, I dropped him out. He's not in mine, but he was brilliant. Um, I think we talked about this a few times last year, mostly with uh, Jack Sinclair. Um, there are those games that rebounding defenders have where it is a balance of defence and offence, and I think Rioli hit that perfectly. Honestly, Richmond probably should have won that game with the way they were going uh, with their inside 50s, but to Carlton's defensive credit, they mm-hmm. held up quite well. Um, Daniel Rioli had five rebound 50s and five inside 50s. That's... Yeah, I'm pretty sure he got the 10 yeah. coaches' votes that game. Um, he was really good. I, yeah. I really enjoyed his game. We we mentioned this preseason as well. His reinvention as a mm-hmm. defender for someone who dropped out of that team as a pressure forward because yep. the pressure wasn't good enough. They figured that his ball use is so good, which it is. He's elite by foot. Um, he's so valuable coming off the back flank. Brisbane tried to do it with Rainer on the weekend. He looked at sea. He's a forward midfielder. I don't know what they thought yep. they were doing putting him in the back line. Mm-hmm. He's a playmaker. He's not. As in, and playmaker, I mean a burst and excitement player. He's not a set-up play. He's nope. not a slow, methodical footballer. Uh, it didn't work, and, and they got belted. I think they'll fix that next week. He'll play surely forward and mid. But Rioli is a, a whole new footballer and great to watch. You can't you can't just chuck someone back there. They have to actually want to thrive, and I feel yes. like Rayner wants to be a midfielder. Yeah, he, he wants to be the Dustin Martin prototype. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, just some of these stats. 93% efficiency off 27 disposals. Eight intercepts, ten pressure acts, five rebound and five inside fifties. Like that's pretty Huge balanced. Game. That's really good. Um, my, my four might be your five. I'm not sure. But my four was to Lewis Young. Um, no votes. No votes. Crazy. I, I thought um, <laughs> he, really he slid around for me yeah. this week, um, but it felt like he was everywhere watching that game. He had twenty touches, fourteen of them were intercepts. Um, it was less spoils than usual, but he was just marking everything. So like the, the spoils weren't really there. The smothers yeah. and pressure he put on were huge. And I, I debated after a moment, like the Saturday after watching that game, um, the Friday, sorry, after watching mm. that game the Thursday night, whether he was the best defender in the game. But I kind of changed my mind. I think his smother on Lynch on the goal line was so instrumental that it yeah. probably, and I don't think just saved the game because of the goal. I think Richmond would have gone two or three goals up yeah. after that. It was inspirational to keep Carlton in it. It deflated Richmond for the next five minutes. Mm. Um, was that when they just kicked, when they were about to kick their third yeah, and Carlton and he just two backs? S- yeah. sprinted with Lynch and just like dove across the footy and pushed it through for a point. And I think it made him you know, still a goal up or something mm. before Lynch eventually kicked that goal. But yeah. I just thought acts like that, and he had several of them throughout the game, were so instrumental in that game that he deserved it for me. I think uh, I think uh, Wiedering and Young are really good in tandem because they can both play the roving intercept, yeah. and it looks like they're both able to play lockdown now. Yeah, I really so, enjoyed seeing them. We talked about it in the preseason mm. game. 
but they really have do seem to have swapped roles. This Depending season. on their matchup, yeah. I think they can swap it. Like the, I'm the not extra trusting. The height of Young really yeah. helps when the forward line doesn't have that giant forward. Um, you know, if you're playing against a team with uh, Tom Hawkins or someone, mm. he's going to play on the 200 centimeter forward. But yeah. When they've only got a Jack Rewalt and Tom Lynch, who are both tall but not monsters, you can have Weedering line up on them, and he can take those marks. Yeah, and it's uh, like in the preseason, you saw Weedering do a really good job on Buddy Franklin. I wouldn't trust Lewis Young on um, Buddy Franklin. No, but no. depending on the height and like athleticism, but like I'd put player, Weedering on. I put I put Young on Cox. Yeah, like for absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that's I, I have them both of those in my special mentions yep. we, Weedering played, in my special mentions he was he played an amazing game as well they played really well really resilient especially with how many times Richmond, Richmond was pushing in, in forward half, 50 yeah. Uh, but yeah no they just didn't fall over the line in the end yep, for me that's fair enough alright well then who was your five? Dane Rampey Okay, yeah, I had him in my special mentions. He was good. I um, think it's impossible to not give him votes this week. Um, well, I so didn't, that, so... That stuns me. Um, if you have a look at his heat map in particular, I don't know if you want to bring it up Oh, I, I did see it. It was just like block hole in that it, 50 yeah. and like in the middle of it. He is. He was an, a wall, and I'm not going to give a Gold Coast tax yet. Yeah. If they continue to be terrible, they were poor. Possibly. But Sydney are also Sydney a very good side. Sydney came out with a point to prove. Yes. Um, that you was can only a, beat who's in front That of was you. an angry side who wanted to prove themselves after how disappointing last year was. And I don't think it would have mattered how good Gold Coast played. They might have just got closer. Yeah. Um, Sydney are an immensely talented football team. Mm-hmm. They've just got playmakers all over the ground. You look at the way Parker played again. You look at the way Goulden is just coming on as a footballer. Warner was phenomenal. Uh, I'm certain if there were any Swans not playing who weren't at the ground watching or watching on TV, that'll be extra fuel in the fire because the commentary mentioned the 81 point loss 15 plus times uh, throughout the game. Uh, so it's ridiculous. I, round one's way. over. Let's move on from talking about the loss. Our, our boy. Maybe when they play Geelong, bring it up. Our boy Sam Collins uh, hey. got rubbed out of that game by a typical Buddy Franklin. Brain fade that Look, he again got a under punishment for because let's it was not the, talk about the, the forwards just yet. We'll we'll cover Sam Collins in a little bit. I I just that was yeah ugly. Uh, yeah, um, but no, uh, Rampy was great. I agree with you. Um, I thought that five disposals. Uh, McCartan was also really good. Um, oh, McCartan. Yeah. I thought he played a really good game too. It's the twelve intercept possessions and eleven pressure acts from Rampy yeah. that really impresses me. Plus, I think double digit. Lloyd as well, I thought was back to his best. After I did like a really Lloyd's down game. year last year. I wonder if you know they don't talk about players having the small injuries that just hamper them, mm. but they can still play footy. I think that the way he was moving, he looked like himself again. Yeah. After the second half of last year, he looked slow and you know not not quite there. Um, yeah. So the Mustache Brothers for them were good again. Mustache <laughs> Brothers. That's weird. Um, all right, who's your five? My then? five votes was to your one. Uh, I thought Lever was brilliant. Okay, uh, all right. Like I said, it was, it was the fact that he was almost a lone hand against that sea of giants forward line. Um, and it was the fact that he has the athleticism to just move yep. in them and just pick them off. I don't really think we need to talk about him more, but um, I, I thought he was really, really good in that game. Especially, you know, people talk about with May out, how are they going to defend? It didn't matter. Lever did it all. Um, and that's not to knock the fact that, like you said, their midfield and other defenders were very good. But I just thought that, yeah, he played a brilliant game. Most, if not all, teams have a general. Yeah. Um, 
Maybe not all teams, but most have yeah, the general. The, the teams that challenge. Lever's got to be in the t- lever. It's got to be in the top three, yeah. right? Yeah. Has to be. He, he is, when he's on, mm. they're on. Yeah. Um, people lift around him, especially yeah. in that back half of the ground. Mm-hmm. And you could see it. Like the, Every time he took one of those float across intercept marks, just watching a pack and reading it better than anyone it's else It's quite the ground, amazing watching him drift over, The run it? that went after that, um, that just followed his acts, mm-hmm. was brilliant. Like That was the overlap. Um, I, I had a special mention for that game. Uh, that wasn't a Melbourne player. It was for Ed Richards, but ah, it was a special mention cool. both ways. I'll get into Ed Richards in a bit. I, I had a special mention for Ed Richards because, wow, what a brilliant intercept game he had. But I do not know if you could have given the other team more goals off your own boot than he did. To be fair, I looked I looked into the goals that were kicked. Only one of them was direct caused direct. by one of his he had turnovers. 16 intercepts, which is great from 30-odd yeah. touches. He went at less than 50% and had eight direct turnovers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a weird game. Constable did the same for Gold Coast, uh, but we always know he can't really kick. And against Sydney, it was, was really weird. not. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. Look, um, Ed Richards, I'm going to go through my, what I'm calling the shame list. These are the, even players that played really well, but just mm-hmm. annoyed you, me you did for one reason or another. About this earlier in the week. So some of them we've covered. Ed Richards, 16 intercepts, went at like 50% efficiency. Awful. Eight direct turnovers. Uh, Radigalia, I already mentioned, yep. giving up several goals. We already talked about Cox, Ryan, and Young. Yep. And Wiedering and Young. Harry Sheasel. It wasn't a defensive game. He laid zero 30, tackles. 30 plus disposals, zero tackles. I'd rather give votes to had Gimby, any, who played midfield. I don't think he had any, pre- any pressure acts either. Nah, it's, uh, um, it was a Dacos game. We talked about it last year with Dacos. Dacos he played is as an also extra, in the mentions he's an extra, the He's an extra thing. midfielder. He's not a defender. <laughs> it's it's the same as you look at Tui at Geelong. Like, they're not defenders. They're just the third wingman. Yeah. Uh, which is fine. That's a modern football role. But yes. it's not a defensive it's role. It's not a defensive role. Um People might have to not maybe not Harry Sheasel so much, but Nick Dykos might need to start getting a a tag. A bit of pressure on him might actually affect well, we saw their change. Do it. Sydney did it and nullified him in that yeah, in that I think prelim. It's, uh, it's weird that we've come back. We watched him be nullified in a prelim, and mm. we come into round one this year, and Geelong have a whole host of players that could have done it mm. and didn't. You got back there. You've got obviously O'Connor's a great choice for it. You've got. Buse could go up to the other end and do the same thing because we know he can kick goals as well when he needs I to. Think, I think even if uh, before Stewart went down, Tui even could if do it. Atkins went to Atkins him and just well. roughed yeah, him up a little bit. It was strange that he just, nothing went to him. Nothing. Um, and look, they, they looked hot, but they also clearly wanted that. They There was spite mm. in the way they played that game. We saw a bit of biff at three-quarter time. Um, I think I think that's a, uh, a rare, since, since 2022, rare coaching miss from Scott, to be honest. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that um, Geelong's went into that game expecting another game mm. and should have been prepared for Collingwood's absolute best because yeah. they were going to turn it on. After the game, the two games they played They dropped last out year, of finals by a point. Yeah, and uh, two goals to Geelong twice yeah. last year, um, both because once Cameron and once Rowan just turned it on for a half of football. Uh, they were always going to come out fire in their bellies with an almost full-strength side. I, I think that we talked about this all year last year. Mm that people kept talking about Collingwood being this, you know, up-and-coming team. They named the fourth oldest and third mm-hmm. most experienced team in the comp last week. It's just that they do have really good youth. They've got good youth. But, like, they are an experienced football team who made a grand final in 2018 and made a prelim in 2019. Yep. They just had a couple of shit seasons, and that happens in football. But it's weird to see them referred to as this, like, resurgence. that They missed one year of finals. Yeah. Back to the sin list. Mm. The shame list, real quick. James Sicily. Not really shame. He had a fantastic game. Best Just on ground for When you play in the back line and the other team gets 120-odd points. 
Yeah, it's good to see him playing well. I oh. was worried he might drop off again after last year, but not a worthy sh- captain. Not a shameless, just one that I thought was an honourable mention, like an actual honourable mention, but his team lost by a lot, so it's hard to put him in there. With Harris Andrews, um, mm. I thought as captain, he, he tried his absolute hardest. He had nine contested one-on-ones, only lost two of them, a whole bunch of interceptions and spoils. I just thought he had a solid game without being, without starring, um, and you know didn't give away too many goals or anything, which is at Port's midfield destroyed Brisbane which is embarrassing considering Brisbane's midfield um, but yeah that, he was good last last honourable mention slash shameless for me Jeremy McGovern and Tom Barras oh when you let Larky kick six, six goals, goals and eight disposals you just let him have everything where he wants it that's mm-hmm. an awful game with the two of them and and North's lack of they should be distinct height game. they should be um, um, they had several moments to win that game as well I thought it, you know, at, they got jumped, which young teams will jump you. Mm-hmm. But with the experience on that West Coast list and the way they came back into that game and hit the lead twice, there's no way North should be winning that game. There's no That was an embarrassing and almost unfathomable loss from a team that is meant to be proving themselves this year to have had a blip last year. Especially with And the... if anything, they looked worse than last year. <laughs> Especially with the fact that you've got such experience in key roles. Your midfield has... Shuey, Sheed, and Yo slash halfback. Yeah. Your back line, your main anchors there, Barras. Obviously, and, no Yo this week, but yeah. And no. McGovern. Are, yeah. Oh, you're right. Yo heard, didn't play. My heard bad. as well. Um, yeah. It's a more experienced team than they played like under that pressure. And we saw last year, North didn't know how to win games when they had them in their hands. And West Coast just couldn't figure out how to beat a team that was mostly kids. That, that is a very young North team, especially without playing Goldstein. All right. So, that's all of my honourable mentions. Do you yep, have anyone I'm else? I'm out of honourable mentions. All right. So, I've broken the curse. Jack has not. You voted for a Geelong and a Carlton player. Oh, so. <laughs> didn't even think about it. I have done that. Um, that's true. I Speaking of Carlton and the draw. Yeah. You know Rocky III? Um, I know of it. You know, at the end of that movie... The, the kind of the climax of the movie's happened mm. and then the two great rivals are, are you know having their rematch the friendly rematch um, Apollo and Rocky are fighting and they both go to throw the first punch at the same time and the, and the movie cuts out yeah I, that would have been a better ending of that game if I just watched that I don't see that I, I see that Lynch takes the mark with a minute to go and the game ends I don't find out until <laughs> next week Lynch takes the mark Six points of difference. There's still a 45 seconds to go when he you takes the mark. You could have turned that TV off at that exact moment and you know he would have kicked it. Yeah, but I wouldn't have known if one of them kicked a goal afterwards. <laughs> I wouldn't have known that he took the full 30 seconds to kick it. I'm glad um, that more football will be coming because I'm sick of talking about the moments that <laughs> come after oh, that was, event. I could, we, we talked about this between ourselves on end. I couldn't believe the commentators trying to rail on... Lockie O'Brien. O'Brien. He kicked it straight to him. He Lace fell over... Out on one of the dodgy bits of turf at the MCG, which I don't even know if we need to talk about it. It's been no. done so much in the media this week. But Did you see, though, that those... I clapped, that's going to come up on the mic. <laughs> yep. Did you see that those pink concerts are going to take place like a week before round one of oh, next year? awesome. <laughs> We've learned our lesson then. That's really good. And I, I saw people like, oh, now I'm going to the other games. So do you see people slipping over? Like the Carlton-Richmond game, we talked about it while it was on. AFL 360 did a smash It looked smash like cut. it was wet. Mm. They, they were falling over everywhere yeah. and the players said that there were some parts of the ground that were hard and some that were soft so as soon as your foot hits the soft expecting mm. the hard of course you're going to fall over the worst was when Doherty came out and said he was worried about doing another ACL yeah. could well, you imagine Stewart's one was weird because he saw him hit his foot on the ground yeah. and it just slipped and slipped and he just kept kept going yeah. 
um, Deconing just running backwards and looking like he got shot mm. in that same patch of grass. That he's, he uh, got Tyrone Vigory. He just went over. down. There were so many bits in that. And then, yeah, Mackay falling over on that same patch. Mm. It's the just exact same. I think it was the exact same place <laughs> where, where Deconing was running backwards. Um, slipped slash fell, whatever yeah. you want to call it. The, it was a, a mockery, really. It's um, it's going to be rough for whoever's playing on Sunday in the, the gather round. Had three games in a row, just back to back to back yeah. on a ground that had not been resurfaced properly yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, embarrassing, really. Yeah, it's um it's amateur. Good on you, Gil. <laughs> <laughs> and I have I have to laugh at the coaches who are trying to avoid any drama, and also uh, Jared Waitley, who's yeah. just claiming the concerts are worth it. It didn't didn't cause I, any effect fun, on the game. I found it so funny. Like I, I get that Chris Scott rubs people the wrong way because yeah. the way he talks, he's very blasé. A lot of arrogance the way he speaks. But the fact that a journalist goes, "Do you think that it had anything to do with the injuries?" and he tried to as carefully as possible be like, "This is the number one sport in this country. This ground is mostly used for this sport. Maybe a week out from round one there shouldn't <laughs> be concerts." And then everyone's like, "Wow, he's making excuses." It's like he clearly I did wasn't. see the word excuses a lot. Very funny. Like. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to go slightly back to that Hawthorne mm. game. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, I read a stat that if you include every single Hawthorne game from last year, and I mm. think the year before, this is the lowest pressure rating they've had for an entire game in the last two years. Oh, and they were bad last year. They were bad, and they had nothing. They had nothing, and I'm I'm worried <sighs> because... just had fun. Like There was some Nick Martin kicks inside 50, <laughs> where he's almost bending over to kick it around a Hawthorne player who's feigning a smother. Mm. And he's just dabbing people on the chest because there's no pressure inside 50 either. And um, it made them look like world beaters. And I hope Essendon are better this year because I I prefer competition. But I I really think it was more of a case of Hawthorne's misery. You can say that just from the pressure rating alone, (laughs) Mitchell coming out, but we just didn't expect this. You lost everyone. Like, O'Meara, Mitchell, McAvoy, three, just for starters, leadership. Gunston, Brewster's obviously out for this game. It's a bit of a blip. Um, Hardigan gets delisted Shields gets delisted mm. There's just so much missing And it's worrying because you look at uh, Sides that have done this before Like when Carlton ripped or, out or all Melbourne. their youth Or Melbourne under Neil They lost and lost and lost and then didn't know how the, to win The rebuild didn't happen because of the picks Like The rebuild happened a lot, a lot later They had to rebuild their whole culture mm. And this is a Hawthorne team that's won a premiership Every decade for like the last Six decades Seven year average, we talked about uh, this a couple of weeks <laughs> We did, yeah and, like, it's it's strange to think that... they Because they don't do this. They look like a decade away. Yeah. Like when, when they dropped out and they got Franklin and Roughhead, they spent three years outside the eight. Mm. It wasn't a proper... Like, they didn't lose everyone. They still had players like Crawford and Crowed on their list. Whereas this time, it's everything's gone, mm. um, which, is a, which is a worry. It's a, Yeah, it is. And you can't really rely on just having Sicily to hold everything together. As, as good as he is. A lot of those other players will come on, and they have some great players on oh, their the, list. Oh, their young like, talent does yeah. look exciting. But it, it's just that you can't rely on that alone. That's meant to mix with the experience and the, 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 the cool heads under pressure. He's got this year and next year, I reckon, before any pressure comes on him. Yeah, so. if they don't start winning games... And it has to be winning games, not just your, uh, what do you call them, honourable losses. I think if they um, win, I probably expect them to win maybe three or four this year, if if three or four. Yeah. They'll want to be winning six next year. Yeah, I think they'll struggle to win four games this year. Mm. I do agree. Um, I t- <laughs> we talked about this a little bit. Um, but the weird outrage about Sauce, whom the medal of this oh, podcast yes, is yes. named, was so strange to me. Because 
the, the, for context, if anyone's listening and don't know what it was, it was Jack Silvani's 100th game, which made them only the third club ever to have yep. a grandfather, father and son play 100 games between them, which is very cool. Mm. Um, and he came to the game, he was in the crowd, he yep. spent the whole game with their family, and then he left after the game when the family went back into the rooms. Because he works for St Kilda. I think, as I, think, I think you're getting the time frame wrong. Wasn't the celebration before the game started and he wasn't in the rooms with them for that? Right, okay. He either was with way, them before and after. Yeah, either way. Or maybe he, he went He works home, for I'm another sure. club. We've already talked, you and I talked about Daisy Pierce yep. not being allowed to the team's rooms because she is a Geelong coach, mm. which absolutely makes sense. It makes sense for him not to be in that club's rooms yep. because despite being an absolute champion of the club, he works for another team mm-hmm. at the moment in a professional capacity, especially as a list manager where. You don't want a list manager in your rooms no. talking to your players. Right. No. But I find it funny that like there's this weird if you're Jeremy Cameron and you suggest that you'd rather be at the birth of your child than a game of football, especially in round one, you're a beta cuck and you know the troops would never Jack. and but if you're not in the rooms of an opposition club when your son plays his hundredth game, then you know, there's a family rift. Like you can't yeah. win this culture war no. bullshit. Like there's no like you're either an asshole or you're soft. Like there's no in between. Like you can't be It's because everything has to be an outrage or a yeah. news story or and, an and overreaction. We talk about the outrages of like Fife. So much fucking back page of the West Australian this week. Um Fife, they said it was his worst game ever. Fife must play midfield or Frio will never win a premiership. It's like, mate, they almost they almost made the top four last year without Fife in, in the team. He mm. was injured all year. Like, they looked better without him. It makes sense to try and slot him into the forward line instead of break that cohesion in the midfield of Sarong, Brayshaw, Brody, which looked amazing mm. last year. And I guess Omira's there now too. Yeah. It, why would Fife play midfield when they looked better without him? And I think it's also, and we'll use this to seg- segue because I want to talk about Frio in general, but I think it's also the fact that his body doesn't hold up to... Yeah, midfield play. it's protecting him for longevity. I'm sure maybe during the year he will have stints in the midfield, but yeah. only brief ones. And he should be a break glass yeah. midfielder. Um, put him in because there. Because if you're in a game chaos. and things are tight and suddenly Nathan Fife is lining up to you, next to you in the midfield, you start to go, oh, shit. Yeah, you're, you're thinking about things. And, and even that year he won the Brownlow, he missed six, eight games. He, I don't know if he missed that many, but he was definitely under the radar. Um but yeah, it's it's very strange to me that that's one of the big reactions. Da- Damian Barrett did it as well. We've seen enough to know that he can't play there. It's like, have we ever seen one game mm. when they couldn't kick inside 50 properly? Can like, you have seen three games and he's kicked yeah, seven he's, goals out of it, hasn't he? Or is it three? Three, three and three. He's only three got a okay. goal on the weekend. Um, but we, we, we have seen enough to know it should work. And we mentioned it before, but the problem is the game plan. And I hate to say this because they have an uncompromising defence. Uh, that's great. Uh, I love they, to see that. But... AFL has trended over the past... Well, basically since they Richmond won... They don't have won, enough playmaking in the midfield. No. Since Richmond won in 2017... I, I can criticise his players... 2017? Yeah. It's bit, it needs to be... You need to have gears. I you can need to criticise be able to slow down defensively his play and on the weekend as much as possible. He definitely, uh, you know, fumbled under the pressure of the situation. But losing Akers on that free side, I think, is big for them because mm. he was a playmaker on their wings. Yeah. And that was really what they were lacking on the weekend. They didn't have that run and build that he brings to the game. And obviously he dropped that mark at the end of the Carlton game and had a few missed kicks, but... Um, he didn't he's have still, the greatest first showing, but yeah, I think he's but got I, the I think potential. at Freo last year we saw that he, he, when he makes that play, he mm. really builds for them, and, and they missed that on the mm. weekend. They really did. It's a mixture of that and Mundy's yes. kicking. Yeah, he's been both a great right? kick that's, for that's 15 the inside years. 50s that they were having last year that they're not now. Yeah, um, and you can see straight away how much of a difference that made. Uh, I don't remember the other team they played in the preseason, but they played Adelaide, who... Um, were very mixed. They looked good for half a game and then just forgot to play. Which has been Adelaide for that, the last couple of years, hasn't yeah, it? Last year, absolutely. Um, 
Um, yeah, it was a weird one. I do have... I'm, I'm bringing your segment back. I'm keeping it alive. It's, it's my new favourite thing. I've got some Who Would Wins. Oh, okay. If you're still talking free, I'm happy to talk All right, free. we can sneak in this now. Yeah, sure. All right, so I've got, I've got three for you. I've got none. One is Who Would Win at Basketball. Oh. Five Scott Pendlebury's. <laughs> or three Oies and two Nat Nui's. Five Pendlebury's. You reckon? Yeah. I, I feel like the balance of Nat Nui's... I've watched... Scott Penderbury pay football, play football. He's not losing that. Yeah, I. Yeah, you may be right. I just, I, th- I think that uh, Nat Nui's knee is helps, shot. You know, that's true. He can't run. Are we talking prime Nat Nui's? Well, I didn't think of that, but originally I was thinking now all of them. When I did, that, when that. I did twenty-two cooters, I specified you did specify which cooter. Prime. Well, here's some primes for you. Okay. Twenty-two Belchos. <laughs> Belchos. Prime Belchos or twenty-two Prime Gumbletons. Oh. Uh. <laughs> Nil all draw. <laughs> I tried to think of the most Belcho player I could think of. Bell Chambers wins. And I, I landed on Scotty Gumbleton. I think Bell Chambers' best is better. Did, how many games did Gumbleton play? Oh, plenty. Frio and Essendon. I reckon he would have played 110. I'm looking it up right now. Sorry all right, we'll, we'll hold that. Um, Scotty Gumbleton. My guess is 112. He played 35 games. 35 Jack. games. All right, never mind. He didn't play a single game for Frio. Really? Yeah. Because he was terrible. He was terrible. And I mean, I mean that in the nicest way oh, possible. Oh, yeah, obviously better than either of us, but also a foot taller. Um, all right. And now for the, the thoroughbred. And this is not a question of who was the best player, which is a kind of like you did with your, your ablet, ablet scenario. That's funny. Where I said that obviously Junior, I think, is a better footballer, but Senior wins that than one on mm. one or on the ground. 22 Pavliches mm. and 22 Blixarves. I think... Because I, I thought, like, they can both play... Ah, that one is really hard. They can both play literally everywhere, much like the Goods Cooter one. I think my recency bias is leaking in. I feel like 22 Blitzhalf wins this one. I think that his ruck and wing work... I think his defensive work would be yeah. better than Pavlich's. Yeah, I think he, he would nullify more. I think that's what it... That's because Blitzhalf can tag. Pavlich is a better footballer. Like, no no doubt. He's won all Australians. Mm. Ruck, oh. bench, full forward, centre-half back... Like, don't be wrong. Fucking even someone as as no name as Aaron Joseph was able to tag Gary Ablett Jr. <laughs> like Mark Blitzarves is going to tag yeah, that entire midfield of, of Pavlitches yeah, and then then have one full forward Blitzarves and one ruck Blitzarves. Probably equal in the ruck contests. Maybe leaning Pavlitch. I think I think Blitzarves wins the rucks. He's taller, right? Yeah, and has a better leap. I reckon. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting Pavlitch one. rucked in the dark days for free. <laughs> um, I think I'm going 22 Blitzarves. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, I know you would. Well, no, I, 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 I picked it deliberately because I thought Pavlich is a better footballer, but I reckon, I reckon it's the, uh, <laughs> the Johnny Dublick stars. Well, I reckon you went too early on the silly stuff because I've still got three topics to oh, talk well, about. Oh, well, I'm happy to talk about topics. Um, I want to start on... Was we breaking already... up the series with a little yeah, bit of goof? Right. We, we already covered Frio. The other two teams that I think did horribly in round one, um, I'm not going to give too much horror to... Hawthorne because they're still... We knew that was coming. We knew it was coming. Um, Brisbane? Yeah, that that was an embarrassing game. Dunkley just did not show. His first half, he was like, I'm here. And then his... I think even Ashcroft was... Yeah, Ashcroft was very disappointing. Oh, yeah. I, I went into that guy, I talked to you about it. I said, I can't wait to watch the Ashcroft-Horn-Francis battle in the midfield. Mm. Just fast, strong excitement. And Horn-Francis gave us all of that. Um, he was fast, like a he was prime strong. danger field. His kicking was... Brilliant. Who's destroying um, it? Well, okay, that part wasn't Dangerfield. <laughs> yeah, you could kick straight. <laughs> oh, I don't want to talk about that. Dangerfield's kicking. No, we'll, we'll ignore that one. Soul crushing. Um, um, do you think not only was Brisbane, Brisbane's midfield soundly beaten, 
their defensive run wasn't there, but I think it's worse because Adams isn't there. Yes. He, and you so talked about... They lost um, Payne as well. Harris Andrews, but... Uh, they lost Payne in the, in the preseason game against Geelong as well. And, and without Adams, Payne was going to be a very important part of that yep. team. And he dropping out of that was a, was a big loss. So it it's hard to see... Where, and I don't want to doom and gloom it because I said to you earlier, like, they're like, oh, you know, only this many of the teams that have lost by 50 points yeah. in round one have made the finals. Like, well, only that many teams that lose in round one really <laughs> make the finals. There's only I'm, I'm eight not, out of 18 teams that make it. I'm not doom and glooming them. But, but uh, it's a concerning effort. Like, there's, there's a lot to worry about. And, and I talked to you when you wrong said... Wrong one. Payne played. Gardner was the one that was oh, out. Oh, Gardner was... Sorry. Yeah, I knew one of them was yeah. missing. Um, I talked to you about how I... Um, think Brisbane are a solid home and away team mm-hmm. and they, they come unstuck when there's a big game or a finals game. That, that Melbourne game, Melbourne went up there last year at the Gabba and, and beat them and they probably should have finished top two if they'd won that game. And Then obviously we saw how they went against Geelong in the finals when the pressure was on. But home and away, normally they're reliable. And even against a Port Adelaide team that's firing in Adelaide, they shouldn't be losing by that much. Not with the midfield you they've got. you accept a 15, 20-point loss. Yeah, and not with that midfield and forward line. Like they, mm. There is goals everywhere and they... Kicked twice. That was the problem. Eight, as eight soon as the goals? midfield was done, they had no chance. And the defensive run was the problem. Port, yeah. uh, it wasn't necessarily that Brisbane couldn't score enough. It was that Port just scored without fail. They just kept yeah. going forward and kicking goals. And that's one thing that will be a test for Port, is that we still need to see whether Rosie, Butters and Horn Francis have the defensive yes. game. Uh, when they play and that against, will be tested uh, against Collingwood. Yes, well, as I say, when they play against Collingwood, Richmond, Carlton, Geelong, Melbourne, the teams that have that pressure in the middle. Yeah. Um, you do wonder if they're going to be able to give that same level of intensity. In Richmond now. Um, yeah, well, as I said, Richmond, Richmond Carlton. Oh, Richmond, did you say Richmond? I think I said yeah. that. Um, but yeah, I, I do wonder, and it'd be funny if they're not Collingwood off this week. I think that'd just be, it would from the be... pinnacle of me, like Collingwood Premiership favourites now, to Port just coming out and beating them in Melbourne. I think that'd just be icing on the cake. It would be, um, but I'm not convinced. Oh, I, I'm tipping Collingwood, <laughs> yeah, confidently. Um... Um, Collingwood looked, and like I said, obviously... You can make all the excuses for Geelong you want with the defenders being out, but Geelong were in charge of that game. And from the moment Howe went down and there was that five-minute break, Collingwood got together, recuperated, and kicked eight goals straight. Yeah. Just just wiped that game off the floor. Mm. Um, they obviously allowed Geelong to kick 100 points as well, which isn't fantastic. but um, oh, It doesn't really matter. But that when... allowed Geelong to kick 98 points before they were at 60, and yeah. they just stormed. And their talent all across the middle of the ground was just undeniable. I it's, can't stand the prick, but Jordan Dugowie was so far <laughs> best on ground. He was dominant. Penderbury was at his best. Dacos, both of them were... Side bottom finding space just as absolute if he was fun around the ground. 106 years old. Um, Elliot went missing in the second half, but it didn't matter because he kept them in the game in the yeah. first half. Um, My thing is with them, it's not the brand of football that anyone else in the league is playing. They're playing, if you kick 80 points, we're going to kick 90. They, if you they, kick 100, just, we're kicking 110. They've got this unstoppable run and fitness that seems to have improved. Mm. Um, I think, obviously, that break helped them to get their breath back because they play such an intense football yeah. that you wonder if they're going to be able to keep it up and then they got that 10-minute break after how... Ah, uh, here, excuses. Not excuses. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that was a better team. But, yeah, that, once they got that break and they got their run back, um, Geelong was just no Maybe don't call it a break. Maybe Geelong, don't call yeah, it a break. Oh, yes. Breaking two bones in four places is a horrific thought. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried that he might not play again. Um, but I, I reckon it's only medium term. They're going to be back this year, which seems like a really optimistic assessment of what was a horrible It'll be injury. like playing with an entire um Like the, like the Reese Palmer of yeah, old. Yeah. yeah. Five did Fife did it as well? Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. One last 
This is goofy. This is the overreaction of the media thing. Oh, yeah, thing. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of these coaches gone by by the by. Yeah. One of them. Adam Simpson, Matthew Nix, Luke Beveridge, Stuart Dew. Who's in the most danger? Not Bevo. Interesting. I think Crazy Bevo has a weird hold over that football club. It's the same as um, old mate from Port. Yeah, Hinkley. Hinkley. I don't and Fagan. Think I don't think Bevo's in as much danger as he maybe should be. Also on the back of the fact that he took them to the finals again last year mm. and they were in a really good position against Frio in Perth. Yeah. Um, so I think it would be an overreaction for him. I think I said it to you earlier. If West Coast don't have three wins on the board by the bye, I don't see how Simpson can keep his spot. I don't. It's untenable. They should have won that game. If they don't beat GWS this weekend, they are in big trouble as a football club. It's, it's an interesting one because I feel like Adam Simpson is a good coach. Oh, I um, agree, but I don't know if he's a good... Well, we don't. We, we, oh, we, he played his favourites last year. We talked about that. That when you're in that kind of that. that's what I mean. We talked about when you're in the position they were last year, where you couldn't make the finals. Why were they still playing the old men who needed a rest? Yeah. Why weren't the kids getting games every week? Why weren't we seeing Bazo play instead of McGovern? Why weren't we seeing these kinds of changes? And then this year, round one, they come out and do the same thing. Greg Clark's in the, in the waffle, um, even when Yo and Cully aren't available. I, I don't know where. The improvement comes from. They were the, I think our, our West Coast mate said to us they were the third oldest team listed on the weekend mm-hmm. and got beaten by the second youngest team in the comp. That's Greg, a, Greg Clark only played six games last year. Yeah, it was all, all after the middle of the season. But yeah, when you lose to the second youngest team as the third oldest, you're in big trouble. Like That's yep. that's a real worry. Freer were different last year. I think they were the fourth youngest team in the comp last year and winning games. But North aren't last year. Freer. North are a different bet. Clark, Clark debuted in a 109-point loss last year. Um, I think Matthew Nix might be in the most danger. Yeah, I watched their preseason games and they looked really good. Yeah, their second half was abysmal. A GWS, almost worse than GWS's first like, half. It was almost like Coniglio, Green, Kelly, and um, why can't I think of his name? Green. Sorry. Yeah, that's why yeah. I was confused. Got together in the middle and went, "Hey guys, do you remember we were good at football?" Like we we're actually we're actually a quality midfield, and then from that moment on, it was just Cornelio was that far best on ground. His second half was mercurial. Mm-hmm. He was in everything. I think he had fourteen score involvements, and ten of them were in the second half. He was just dominant in that game. Um, and Tom Green just looks a beast this year. He's taken his game to another level. Yeah, he looks. He, he um, was getting a lot of uncontested ball, which he, he doesn't strong and do. fast. Um, but. I said to you earlier, I don't think they were as bad as they were last year. And then watching that first half, I thought, I've gone the early crow here. They look yeah. awful. But they really corrected. Mm. Um, Himmelberg looked really good. I was glad they didn't put him up forward again. I was really worried. They were talking about it all preseason. Um, Haynes is an interesting one to me. He, he does not look the footballer he did in their runner-up year. No. Uh, that, that's a strange pick. But I think they looked better, especially in that second half. But they should have won that game at home against Adelaide. That was a game they should be winning and... Look, if they've got if they beat West Coast in Perth, they've got two on the board to start the season, and that's a better start than they were probably expecting. And if how many wins do you think Adelaide need to be on by the bye for Matthew Nix to survive? Do you reckon he does regardless? I don't think he does regardless. If they're, if they're winless, I think he's in a real worry. But I think three or four wins, and he's okay. still around. I think that they know they're in a rebuild. They've Rankin, been in a rebuild. For Rankin six and Rochelle looked really exciting up forward. They did. Um, that was a big one for me. I think Rochelle has the ability to go in the midfield. Um, at some stage it's only his second year on a list but he's got a big body and what seems like a good tank but this, there was the it was the senior players that just couldn't step up Laird I don't know if I've seen him play a game I, that bad that was probably one since of his he worst was, games you know, in a long time 20 uh, Sloan was old 
<laughs> it felt like he, he, he was still, old. He still looked good. He did. My worry for Adelaide is they are playing Richmond next week. Yeah. Then they're playing Port Adelaide. Okay. Then yep. they're playing Fremantle, which yep. is uh, one's on the line. Then they're playing Carlton before they've got Hawthorne. They could potentially be. Yeah, they could oh, and be. Five. Yeah, and and go into the bye with one win. Um, it, it we talked about their backline obviously because long. that's what Jesus, we do. Yeah, um. And we said, you know, we love Duday and Butts looks like a name mm. for the future, but there's not many names back there. Mm. I, I liked seeing um, Michelinie. Michelinie. Michelinie, um, I don't know his name. Debut for them. Father-son pick, technically, because he was a, his dad was a Glenelg player. I looked it up. That's why I didn't know his name. He played a lot of Glenelg mm. games. But um, I thought he looked all right for a first-game defender and a genuine first-game defender. Like, he's a this-year pick. He looked really solid, but... Um, yeah, they, they just let scores happen way too easily yep. in that second half. Way too easily. Um, Jeter Worst were just storming in there and just doing what they wanted, and they were a wash. So. And it could have just been that they were younger and, it was and hot. more tired it was from the heat. hot. Yeah. So, mm. and I, I went to a concert that night, so I, I, I know what the heat was like. It was horrible. So um, I didn't go to that game, and I kind of wish I had now. I watched that first half, wished I hadn't, and then mm. I went, oh, it would have been an exciting second half to be at. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was a really warm day in Sydney that day, and not something that, you know, Sydney or Adelaide would be used to during footy season. So, no. Um, it was hot in Melbourne as well, mm. and Perth was okay, and there was yeah. no games here. Weird so, for us. Um, thanks to Ed Sheeran, who was really probably the most <laughs> important player this weekend. Um, <laughs> he, he had the biggest effect. And that's why St Kilda won as well. He showed up to their training, got a kid on, got some photos <laughs> of Jack Steele. All right. Enough of that. Last thing that I have to All talk right. about. I think we've yeah pretty much run out of time anyway. We're this is the longest time. podcast we've just about ever done. The only other thing I want to talk about is the bump. Real oh. quick, we don't even have to talk about it too much. Tribunal. This is the third Michael consecutive Christian. season. This is the third consecutive season that, within the first three rounds of the year, Simon Goodwin has told the media that he's instructed his players to stop bumping. No, they keep bumping. They don't listen clearly. Um, they need like, to be oh, told you know, after like, round one every year. Yeah, yeah. They, he should he should remind them before round one. He should be like, hey lads, remember last year <laughs> how one of you got suspended for bumping someone in the head? I'm going to remind you beforehand this year. Can't do it anymore. <laughs> but glad. that one wasn't a bump. I, I want to highlight that... That was a that both, spear tackle, both McAdam, essentially. Both McAdam and Buddy bumped. In in the one we go, oh, okay, that's weeks. Pickett torpedoed himself. Mm. Like, he launched himself shoulder first at Smith's head after watching Smith get rid of the ball. Like, there was nothing it's, football about that act. It's 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 funny you say that, because I've seen people say that McAdams isn't a football act and Cossies is. I... I McAdam bumped someone. Like, it was a, a hip and shoulder. Yeah. It wasn't a good one. It was ugly. It I was can't brutal fathom, and fast. I can't fathom how they're trying to challenge that. And I think the AFL needs to bring back the old rule where you could gain weeks if you yeah. challenge a stupid decision because he should get more than four. Uh, I am but interested... Cozzy's was the worst of the lot. At the tribunal, whoever was talking on behalf of the AFL or the tribunal said that Pickett's bump was... Compared to uh, McAdams glancing. Well, yeah, but it, this is where we have to get rid of the... It doesn't matter. This is where we have to get rid of the result. The intent needs to be... We talked about this last year. I, I, I used it as a highlight when Gaff threw the punch. I was, yeah. like, I was trying to punch him in the collarbone. I was like, I don't care. He was trying to punch him. If Pickett went for the upper body <laughs> with a torpedo jump... If like, Bailey there was Smith no... had been knocked out... Oh, Pickett would have been out for six, seven weeks. Six or seven weeks. Yeah. Easy. Which is why it's bizarre, because... He didn't know what was going to happen after his feet left the ground. The outcome should have no effect whatsoever. No. If you Especially not with head-high head. contact. We watched, McAdam didn't even hit the we've head. Got, he hit the sho- shoulder, yeah. but he still went for a high bump. We've got former footballers who are you know, 
killing themselves or can barely speak or wash themselves or, you know. And yet the AFL comes out and they're like, the head is sacrosanct every year that we're going to make rule changes to protect the head. And then every year we see an incident like this. Willie Rioli was the great example at the start of last year. Sorry, Junior Rioli was the great example last year. And this year, this is the great setup. setup in round one. We've seen three acts adjudicated completely differently because Mm -hmm. of the outcome. Yeah. We don't know the outcome for years. We don't know... We, we've seen players like Tuck, the, the junior Tuck, Shane Tuck, yeah. who barely had any on-field concussions, but he had so many hits to the head that caused trauma later on that we don't know yet how much damage it's going to mm-hmm. cause. Like, we have to protect the head at all costs. And yeah, if that means getting rid of the bump, then fucking so be it. Like, footballers' brains are more important than our bloodlust and entertainment. It's, 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 it's awful. And... Smith was the only one who didn't go off for a concussion, and he probably, and he should, probably have. should have been tested. Absolutely, um, it was irresponsible of Bulldogs not to, especially when you're losing that. When badly. you're getting currently sued by a former Premiership player yeah. for concussion, and you don't take your player off to check on him, it seems like a wild oversight. But Buddy elbowed <sighs> he, he Collins in the head. Yeah, Collins went off for a concussion test. Obviously, he's okay. He was shaken though. He did not play the same after going um, off. But how is that one? I, I, it's the buddy if you tuck your arm in and yeah. go and put, yeah. oh, I just don't get it. Anyway. Well, I, I thought it was weird with the, the, especially the Smith one not going off for the concussion. Because after watching both the Carlton, Richmond and Collingwood Geelong games, anytime someone got hit near the head, they were taken off and tested. Like you saw so many people just like, Stengel got hit in the shoulder by Howe when Howe mm. injured himself. But Geelong were like immediately like, protocols, take him off, have a look. Yet when Smith gets torpedoed and a melee breaks out because of it, no one at the Bulldogs was like, oh, that big mustachioed bloke who's their medical staff, absolute unit of a man. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know the one. Didn't go, well, maybe we'll have a look at Smith. At least check him, right? Yeah. It just seemed, it seemed very um, distasteful. Especially someone who already has, we know, mental health struggles. And mm. we know that they're impacted more by concussions. It's just yep. a, uh, yeah, I think that we've seen, and look, I think for the most part, other than rusted on old fans who, you know, complain everything's going soft. I think yep. for the most part from football media, we've seen an outcry. Like, I think this week they've all been like, this is baffling. Robbo's not one of those. But I, I saw from people like... No, um, actually, Robbo's been pretty good. It? Yeah, I saw from Fitzy talk about it. I saw, not Mitch Robinson, he was the worst one of them all. Um, but yeah, I saw Fitzy talk about it. I saw um, Waitley talk about it. Like, this needs to change. We're at a point where we can't be letting people get one week or no weeks for hitting someone in the head intentionally. Robert said he doesn't care how many games Buddy misses as long as the player that he hits is okay and he shouldn't have been hit in the first place. Yeah. So, um, unlike rare W. Mitch Robinson, <laughs> unlike Mitch Robinson, who basically said the game's going soft and that the bump is the reason that people who... Why, why games of football can be won by the team who isn't the most talented. And I was like, one, generally not. Like the team, Weird coming from someone who was not very talented. And never and, won a flag, which was my first thought. Um but also, it also has one of the worst win-loss records in football history. <laughs> um, but also, I thought, like, you look at the teams of the last, like, five years and which ones won the flags, it's like, it's the teams with the most talent on their lists. Like, it's... I know that's not always the case, but, like, mm. in a game where both teams are well-coached, the most talented team is going to win, regardless of effort or endeavour. You look at so many players that we say, well, we, you know, they give their all. Charlie Constable's a great example. Mm. He's an effort player, and I love him. I love watching him play at Geelong. I've, I really enjoyed watching him play on the weekend. But players are going to take his spot when that team's fit because yeah. he's not a talented footballer. That's just how football is. 
I'm really interested in his win-loss record now that you've said that, because I actually thought it wouldn't be so bad. It can't be good, surely. Is that Brisbane? 47%. Oh, that's better than... I guess he was there at Brisbane's good bit at the end and Carlton's good bit at the start. Yeah. The middle was, patch of his career. His his time at Carlton was mostly yeah, 50-50, that was, I guess he was there above. during the Judd years. Um, and then it dropped off at the end of Carlton and, and the start of Brisbane, Brisbane, and then yeah. it was like... His last couple of years, I guess 16, I kind of didn't 7, factor in, 15, 4. Didn't factor in the start at Carlton. Yeah. I kind of went end of Carlton. Three goals in his first game. Smashed Richmond by like 80 points. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a weird take. And a lot of people were just immediately like, hey, hey man, um, stick to Fortnite. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Mitch Robinson has the hardest head in football. Oh, he probably has never had a concussion. Oh, yeah. And then in 10 years' time, we'll find out that he has to take antidepressants because he's had 112 small concussions mm. during his career. Uh, well, hopefully not. Hopefully not. Um, well, that's a weird place to leave it, but yeah, this is almost uh, an hour long. That's a long episode. You have to edit this. <laughs> it's round one. Um, anyway, uh, thanks for joining us. As always, you can find the podcast on our website uh, on Spotify and Apple. Uh, our website is thebackpocketau.com, um, and you can find us on Twitter, Facebook as thebackpocketau, uh, pretty much the same everywhere. Uh, anywhere you listen to your podcast, really, you'll find this. I've got it uploaded everywhere these days, and on YouTube now, which is a nice touch for this season. So... Uh, enjoy that that's a long episode and we will see you next week bye oh how do I open the doors <laughs>